Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles, the website is naplesillustrated.com. We've got terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, a terrific organization. We'll visit with Bob McClure, Dr. Bob McClure. He is the president of the James Madison Institute. We'll be talking about principles for prosperity coming back from the pandemic. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, will be joining us as well. It is May the 28th, and on this day in 1961, the British newspaper, the London Observer, published British lawyer Peter Berenson's Benenson's, I should say, article, The Forgotten Prisoners, on its front page, launching the appeal for Amnesty 1961, a campaign calling for the release of all people imprisoned in various parts of the world because of peaceful expression of their beliefs. The movement later became Amnesty International. Benenson was inspired to write the appeal after reading an article about two Portuguese students who were jailed after raising their glasses in a toast to freedom in a public restaurant. At the time, Portugal was a dictatorship. Outraged, Benenson penned the Observer article making the case for the students' release and urging readers to write letters of protest to the Portuguese government. The article also uh, drew attention to the variety of human rights violations taking place around the world and coined the term prisoners of conscience to describe any person who is physically restrained by imprisonment or otherwise from expressing any opinion in which he honestly holds and does not advocate or condone personal violence. The Forgotten Prisoners were soon reprinted in newspapers across the globe, and Berenson's uh, amnesty campaign received hundreds of offers of support. In July, delegates from Belgium, the United Kingdom, France, the United States, Germany, Ireland, and Switzerland met to begin a permanent international movement in defense of freedom of opinion and religion. The following year, this movement would officially become the human rights organization Amnesty International. Amnesty International took its mandate from the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which holds that all people have a fundamental right that transcended national, cultural, religious, and ideological boundaries. By the 10th anniversary of the appeal of Amnesty in 1961, the organization spawned numbers, uh, numbered over 1,000 voluntary groups in 28 countries, with those figures rising steadily. In 1977, the organization received the Nobel Peace Prize. Amnesty International owes much of its success to promoting human rights in its impartiality and its focus on individuals rather than political systems. Today, Amnesty International continues its work towards its goals of ensuring prompt and fair trials for all prisoners, ending torture and capital punishment, and securing the release of prisoners of conscience around the globe. Isn't this, it's during these times, doesn't this strike a nerve here? It's so interesting and ironic that we have forces against freedom of expression and our First Amendment rights right here in the United States. Forces like the mainstream media, big tech, we'll talk about that in a while, and the progressive movement. And how about the uh, Communist Chinese Party? That's not here, but it's over there. And the Trump administration, it says, it no longer considers Hong Kong independent from China. China's legislature approved a proposal for a new national security law that would let China bypass Hong Kong's local government and crack down on pro-democracy protests there. It passed almost unanimously as part of a U.S. law. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had to notify Congress every year on where the State Department believes that Hong Kong's autonomy stands. Yesterday, he said that at this point, no reasonable person can say Hong Kong maintains a semi-autonomous status from China and told Congress it doesn't make sense anymore to give the territory special treatment like exempting Hong Kong from billions of dollars in trade tariffs that has uh, U.S. has hit China with in recent years. This could and ratchet up trade tensions for sure between the United States and Chinese communists. 
Well, the Dow Jones was up nicely yesterday, 553 points, up over 1,000 points since May 26. To give some perspective, the Dow is down about 10.5% since January 1st. But NASDAQ is up, up, up almost 5%. And then futures, of course, right now are looking positive for today's trading. So we'll see how today turns out. Well, there's 29 new cases of COVID-19 in Collier County, uh, pushing the county's total to 1,334, 447 of which are in Immokalee. 46 county residents have died, nobody uh, yesterday. Uh, since May 1st, 8,519 tests have been conducted in Collier County, producing 724 positive results. 178 people in Collier County have been hospitalized, uh, although a lot of those have been released. So we're seeing an increase still of the number of people who have the virus, but I would suggest in part that's because of testing that's going on, especially in Immokalee. Well, uh, bad weather postponed the SpaceX rocket launch, which was set to be the first time a private company set humans into orbit, and the first time in nearly a decade the United States launched astronauts into orbit from U.S. soil. Veteran NASA astronauts uh, were prepared to be launched at the Kennedy Space Center at the 433 yesterday afternoon, uh, but they planned backdrop. Uh, uh, they dropped the date back to Saturday at 3:22 p.m. because of bad weather. Hopefully, they'll be able to take off then. I guess the forecast is not looking good for Saturday either. Protests in Minneapolis over the death of George Floyd took a dramatic turn for the worse Wednesday night as city police responded to stores in cities uh, in the city being looted and burned as well as deadly shooting at the protest location. Multiple reports indicated that the mayor, Jacob Frey, reached out to Governor Tim Walz to deploy the National Guard to the city. The mayor's office did not immediately respond to uh, comments for comments. Social media use, users posted a video on Twitter that showed burning uh, businesses and looters entering a local Target store then making their way out with bags of items. At least one group of armed men were seen outside a strip mall in Minneapolis on Wednesday night amid the looting. And it's really too bad. I don't know if you saw the video of the uh, policeman with his leg on the neck of this George Floyd, uh, and he died as a result. And uh, it's just so bad. This is just police brutality at its worst. And protests were not just from black people saying racism. Uh, it's just uh, a demonstration of poor police work, in my view. I, I think the uh, the police officers involved, well, they've already been fired, but they probably should be brought to account in, in a legal proceeding. And that should happen pretty darn soon to demonstrate to the people that, uh, that uh, justice is going to be served here. Uh, not only uh, did violence break out in Minneapolis, but break out in other cities around the nation, including <clears throat> uh, Los Angeles. Uh, President Trump said, at my request, the FBI and the Department of Justice are already well into investigation as to the very sad and tragic death in Minnesota of George Floyd. That was a tweet that he made. And uh, this is all so too terribly bad. LAPD chief, police chief, said the actions I watched in the video were incredibly disturbing and go against the basic law enforcement principle of preservation of life, he wrote. The lack of compassion, use of excessive force, or going beyond the scope of the law doesn't just tarnish our badge, it tears at the very fabric of race relations in this country. I think that's so true. He said it so well. Uh, it's just... Uh, tragic that this would happen and again having freedom and uh avoiding police brutality we start off with amnesty international uh, just a good example of how people react to onerous uh rules and laws and uh, treatment by officials of the government speaking of which the owners of jim in new jersey have sued phil governor phil murphy and the state and federal courts saying the shutdown order is unconstitutional and threatens their business survival. And, of course, it does. Uh, you've probably seen videos of the gym owner. Artillus Gym in uh, Belmar, New Jersey, was shut down by the health department last week after it reopened due to plumbing issues, it says. Plumbing issues, are sure, that's right. The owners have uh, been cited several times by the state for defying the executive order. Well, they're taking it to court. God bless them. I hope they win. And I hope they can have the financial sustainability in order to fight this thing because uh, clearly uh, these rules are onerous. Businesses should be open. People should be given the right to make their own decisions about their own property. Uh, 
and about their own well-being. This is a 14,000-square-foot gym imposed a 20% limit on capacity. It reconfigured equipment. It was doing all the right things. They should have been allowed to open. Well, the House of Representatives met for the first time Wednesday of the new rules permitting a proxy voting. Nearly one-third of the Democratic caucus stayed at home. According to a House clerk, more than 70 Democrats assigned another 40 lawmakers to vote for them by proxy, which is now permitted under a rule change passed by the Democrat majority leader earlier this month in response to the coronavirus outbreak. The House role, which is meant to be temporary, allows a member who is present in the chamber to vote for up to 10 absent lawmakers if they specifically instruct how they want the votes recorded. The House also authorized virtual committee business. Instead of meeting in person, committees can hold online meetings and online committee votes to advance legislation this is just this is uh, this is a demonstration i think the visual here is they're trying to demonstrate how uh, the coronavirus is still a threat and we should stay locked down in my mind it just appears to that the democrats is trying to stretch this out for political reasons for the 2020 presidential election coming up and the legislative elections coming up they're just trying to uh, make uh, the president look like he's not effective but i don't think it's going to work and the blunt truth is this, this far-left tyrannical 10% is only opening up the economy because the people are demanding it. Their words and actions, they just demonstrate uh, that they want to stifle the economy for years or until the next election, whichever comes first. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite Luxury Lifestyles, the website is NaplesIllustrated.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Culture Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community, thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees, the goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. With each passing year, Golf Show Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? For more information about student camps and the Teen Conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. The new season of productions is out, and uh, you can buy tickets right now. Get season discounts by going to golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. Bob McClure. He is the president of the James Madison Institute. Right now, we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is a co-founder of a terrific organization, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, well, we're a coalition of now well well over 100 groups, 60,000-plus uh, and growing um, uh, citizens across Florida that focus, uh, laser focus on our education system, uh, public education system. Uh, we get involved in things like uh, we were uh, played a significant role in getting rid of Common Core um, and uh, its replacement. Uh, we've... Uh, been involved in uh, you know, assessing the um, indoctrination that's taking place in our schools, uh, both in terms of tearing down our our uh, constitutional values and uh, and also the pornography that's in our schools. So um, we're hard at work trying to trying to improve the quality of our education. Public education, indeed, and I, and I would say this, uh, Keith, you have been extremely effective, just very proud of the work that you're doing, have uh, influence for the benefit of uh, parents and students all over Florida, influence in Tallahassee, I just really salute you for what you've accomplished. So well, we're in the midst of this pan pandemic, or the uh, uh, Wuhan plague, uh, how is this all affecting education right now? Well, it's, uh, in, in our opinion, it's uh, been a result in a sea change. Uh, I've got an article here in front of me that we just put up on our website. There was a recent poll done by the, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the uh, Real Clear Opinion Research uh, last month uh, went out and did an extensive, it was well over 2,000 people polled uh, who strongly support um, the whole notion of, of school choice. But uh, within that group, of uh, there were uh, about 650 uh, parents and and it didn't ma it didn't matter whether they were Democrats or Republicans. Uh, over forty percent of them uh, indicated that they would were very likely not to send their kids back to government schools in the fall because they didn't feel they would be safe. Hmm. Um, so that's a that's a, a specific movement uh, towards homeschooling, mm -hmm. which we've been strong proponents of. We believe I know there's some good homeschooling programs out there and some some others that aren't quite as good. But we believe that when a parent gets actively involved in the education of their child, the child is so much better off than sending him into a, you know, a government bureaucratically run school. Yeah. Well, the, of course, the notion would be that we, since we're paying all these taxes to support these public schools, it would be great if they provided outstanding education for these young people. And unfortunately, and I'll just say Common Core, as a good example, has just dumbed down the entire process. And we need to, through your efforts, quite frankly, we're, uh, I think, improving the, the quality of education. It's not bad teachers. That's not the problem. The problem is... Uh, the use of tools, the use of uh, printed materials and videos and all those types of things that indoctrinate young people right now and don't provide uh, good educational development. Uh, absolutely. Uh, a, a, a couple of other statistics popped out at me out of this uh, poll that was taken. Mm -hmm. and it was, it was uh, interesting. It, it was not, as I mentioned, it wasn't a conservative or liberal bent. In fact, more Democrats supported not sending the kids back to school. But when you look at it from a racial point of view, 36% uh, of the parents were, were white. 54% uh, of, or 50% of the parents were African American. Mm -hmm. And, and then 38% uh, were Asian and, uh, and Hispanic. So, I mean, it was, it was not skewed racially, uh, or politically. It was just that parents are now, um, Seeing the quality of the education that their kids are getting, because now uh, you know they're they're in this mode of distance learning. Yeah, and uh, you know the, the the old saying of distance learning is not homeschooling; it's crisis schooling. And there are so many kids, um, and, and we're hearing this now across Florida. There are kids that uh, have been quote unquote distance learn learning, uh, and, and are just not showing up for even that. Mm -hmm. uh, so the gaps are going to widen. Uh, the disparities on, 
you know, the low income and the, and the poor families will likely widen. And, uh, and, and, the, and the way out of this is homeschooling, uh, in our view. So, well, homeschooling or school choice, I would suggest, or, uh, you know, improving the quality of education in public schools, I, I would suggest. Yeah, so I knew, what are parents, are any parents getting together and deciding what they'd like to do together about this? Well, there's a new organization. I think it's fairly new. I just have, have found it uh, here within the last uh, couple of weeks. It's called uh, the National Parents Union. Uh, it's uh, claimed to be, it's it's funded by the Walton family, which my experience is they're that's a somewhat progressive organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're um, they claim to have major representation in all fifty states. They're focused. They put out a bill of rights <laughs> focused on what schools need to be doing to open, given the COVID virus. Um, and you know, parts of what they're doing, I. I, I, I strongly applaud you know their number one mission is to put parents in the middle of the decision over their children mm-hmm. when it comes to public schools uh we we would applaud that but when you look at um the recommendations that they've come up with um it's just uh, way over the top and uh, an example is they want to have every school um the, the central system uh, you know um Air conditioning system upgraded to be equivalent to a hospital. <laughs> okay, uh, so but, uh, I, and of course, <coughs> this is by the fall, right? This is four months from yeah. now. So uh, I get so. the gist of it. So, but this this <laughs> is this information on your website. Uh, I, we haven't posted yet the uh, the national parents. We're doing a little bit of more homework on it. We, right. we did post the poll, uh, and we are uh, strongly promoting classical conversations, as you and I have talked about on your show before, which is a, a faith based organization uh we're actually uh, uh had a detailed conversation with them yesterday they're they're starting virtual summer camps uh-huh. uh that um for classical conversations that we, we will be promoting and they're a great uh they're a faith-based or, uh, program but um it's just very solid in terms of the curriculum that they All use right. and Keith. the way they go about education kids so Keith Law, again, the uh, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Go to GoFLCA, GoFLCA.com is the website, GoFLCA.com. Please visit, and when you do, make a donation, contribution, doing great work. Uh, Really, uh, for for, uh, all people in Florida, parents and students and, of course, taxpayers as well. Keith, I genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Surely. Have a great weekend. Bye. You as well. Thank you so much, Keith. All right, coming up, Dr. Bob McClure. He's the president of the James Madison Institute. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC 
goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative and, of course, uh, interrupted by the pandemic. But you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Seat Motley, the uh, president of, and founder of Less Government. Right now we have with us Dr. Bob McClure. Dr. McClure is the president of the uh, James Madison Institute. Bob, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thanks for having me. My pleasure indeed. Tell us about the James Madison Institute. Well, the James Madison Institute is uh, Florida's oldest and largest uh, free market think tank. We were founded, Bob, in 1987 as a response to kind of the um, ideas that were coming out of the academy, which was constantly uh, more government and uh, more government money. And so our founder, Jay Stanley Marshall, Marshall who was the president of Florida State University, um, uh, along with another fo- number of folks around the country, founded the state-based think tank movement. Uh, there were about eight or ten of us at the very beginning. And uh, this kind of came out of the Reagan years in 1987, and we have been um, going at it ever since. We believe in uh, free markets. We believe in free enterprise, limited government, protection of private property rights. And we're based in Tallahassee, Bob, but we are statewide from uh, the Keys all the way up to the Georgia line across to Alabama. And because Florida is such a critically important state, in this country for policy and politics, we have a lot of opportunity to do a lot of work in Washington, D.C. as well. Uh, absolutely. And I will say that uh, the James Madison Institute has been a go-to uh, website and a go-to play, a source of information for me, and I would suggest also uh, for the governors uh, of uh, Florida as well and in our legislators as well. The website is jamesmadison.org, I believe, jamesmadison.org. Uh, now, I'd like to uh, just, what are your thoughts now on what's happened? here with this uh, Wuhan plague and uh, the governor's response to this? Well, Bob, I think uh, the governor has done a really, really terrific job. I mean, I think if you look at the numbers, the numbers speak for themselves. Florida's the third largest state in the country, and yet, uh, as of last week, we had only the eighth uh, number of cases in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, um, you know, 40,000, probably closer to 50,000 cases now. Uh, the New York State has 350,000 cases. And so I think the governor has tried to balance um, the economic um, needs of the population here in the state with the public health needs. And I think he's done a really good job. You know, this is a black swan event, and the black swan event means that no one could have predicted uh, its coming, and there were no ready-made solutions. There was no way to, you know, to game plan for this. Mm -hmm. And so um, this kind of event, everybody was flying blind, and I think the governor's done his best to balance uh, public health with the private economy, and I think he's done a a good job. Yeah, I do too. So you've published Principles for Prosperity, a roadmap for for, uh, the future of Florida. Maybe you could tell us about it. Sure. When when you have these kinds of black swan events, it's it's hard, you know, when you're in unchartered territory, you have to be guided by your principles. Uh, You have to be guided by, you know, some people are guided by their faith, some people are guided by their beliefs. But in, in, and in these cases, elected officials must be guided by their principles. And so early on in uh, this event, you know, two months ago, we said, okay, if the governor's going to 
appoint a, re- a reopened Florida task force, which he did. One of our board members, Joe York, served on that, uh, is serving on that. Um, and, and no one exactly knows what the options are. You have to have guiding principles. And so we put together a list of principles for prosperity, and uh, we had five of them. Empower free markets and private enterprise, which we have seen the governor do. Uh, embrace deregulation wherever practical, that is, reduce and cut regulations to allow uh, innovation and opportunity for job creation and, and not job loss. Uh, protect Florida's rights, both civil and property. We have seen, obviously, civil rights threatened in other states with some of the arbitrary decisions that uh, other governors have made. But if you have a principle of protecting civil and property rights, you know, you're going to make different kinds of decisions, and this governor has done so. Unleash and enable the power of innovation. Give, you know, Floridians, the uh, the American uh, spirit, the opportunity to innovate. And we've seen that with contactless service. We've seen that with curb service. We've seen that with uh, the use of technology in all kinds of different ways. Businesses shifting from their traditional business model to making masks and gloves and and the ventilators and things like that. And then finally, the last one is the proper roles of the executive, legislative, and the judiciary all have to maintain those proper roles. Uh, and they have to they have to be in their proper roles as the founders understood them, and that will allow, uh, Florida and our country to thrive. Yeah, you know, Dr. McClure, as you're going through it, I was thinking how fortunate we are here in Florida to have these guiding principles. It just reminds me of the interview with uh, Tucker Carlson with the go- uh, governor of New Jersey. And uh, the gov- <laughs> Tucker Carlson said, did you ever think about the Bill of Rights when you're making these decisions? Oh, gosh, I never thought about that. You know, that would be another thing is just uh, paying attention to the rule of law, which I think is implicit in this here. But uh, I'm so grateful that the governor's been making the decisions he's been making as opposed to what we're seeing in New Jersey, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, California. You can go through the list and it's, uh, we're, you know, this is these are the types of times where politicians, elected officials try to grab and garner new power. And thank God we have a governor who's uh, really looking out for the benefit of the people. That's right. And you've seen, you know, you've seen him... Um, and, and, and again, he is trying to uh, balance public health with the private economy, and he has maintained his commitment to these principles, as has the task force. And so he's, you know, we're, you know, Florida has borne out the results in a positive way compared to some of these other states that have really, really kind of um, had leadership fail at, in, in both areas of right. public health and the private economy. I will say this, uh, quite frankly, I think he is trying to use facts, not uh, fear, to to make his decisions. I think some of the facts have been a little bit too much on the public health side, maybe a little too little on the... uh, on the free economy or, or free enterprise side, but uh, I think in we'll look twenty twenty looking backwards on this. I think we'll see that some of our public health officials have not provided its good guidance. But time will tell on that front. I think you're right. I think you know again when you have a black swan event, the models uh, are impossible to you know, they they can't be relied on solely. Right. So uh, you have to be guided by data. You have to be guided by principles. Absolutely. Again, Dr. Bob McClure, the president of the uh, James Madison Institute, I encourage you to visit the very robust and helpful website, jamesmadison.org. I always visit the website, for example, when we have elections. Usually, uh, when you go through the list of things that you're voting on, there's some amendments to the Constitution here in Florida and other things. Uh, James Madison Institute is always providing great and balanced information on how to uh, proceed. Dr. McClure, generally appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Bob, thanks for having me. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
For the best in food and drink as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Just want to do a little shout-out for St. Matthew's House. Their businesses are now open. They have six of them. Seventy percent of their revenue comes in from uh, those businesses. So I hope you'll patronize them. They're, we have people that are hungry, jobless, uh, homeless here in Naples, uh, have addiction problems, and uh, St. Matthew's House addresses those with no government help. So stmatthewshouse.org is the website, stmatthewshouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, former na- mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, including on home building, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> I'm familiar with some of the uh, episodes and, and problems that you've been having with local government here. And, and uh, do you want to share those, or shall we just talk about what's going on in Hong Kong? Well, well, Collier County is an awful place to build a house, and I could go on and on about the years of ridiculous impediments to building a house. And you know, half the cost of my house. Uh, was meeting re- re- regulations that none of us could figure out why they're in place. My my favorite little two-step was, I don't care if I live in a shack, I just want to be on the water, and my only upgrade would be glass, wall-to-wall on the water. Well, the government, Collier County said I could only, I, my house is 1,100 square feet. It's not big. So you can imagine what the one of the short sides of the house is not very wide, right? Uh-huh. That's the one on the water. And if I, if I put in the maximum size windows they would allow, I would have lost eight feet of glass on that side. So they made me put, basically made me put doors in rather than windows. So I put the doors in, and they come back to me and said, well, you put in doors, so you have to build a deck. And I'm like, I don't want a deck. I didn't want the doors. So then I had to build a deck that I don't want and I don't use. I know. But I want to sit for- when I went, when I wanted to sit by the water, I I go downstairs. I built the house on pilings because my house was destroyed by the Irma flood water. So I built it on pilings to, to avoid this problem again. And when I want to sit on the water, I go downstairs and sit on my seawall and in a Adirondack chair and watch the water go by. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want a deck that cost me a ton of money. Um, then the regulations on the on the railing cost me a ton of money because. I wanted glass, uh, you know, railings. I was vetoed by my contractor, so they come back with spindle railings, which are three inches apart. My six-pound dog couldn't get his head between them, and you can't see anything but spindle. There's no view. Yeah. So then I had to build a second railing with glass in it like I wanted in the first place. 
it's just it's it's absurd. And there's just nine million examples of this where you're like, none of us can figure out why you had to do this. It caused I had to put in a driveway. Then they made me widen the driveway. They put they made me put in. And I'm like, why didn't why do I have to pay an extra four grand to widen the driveway that I didn't want that we <laughs> built to the specifications you gave us? Well, it's not it's not wide enough. This is the width you told us to build it. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, you know the, and this is allegedly less government call your county. No, I know. And what happens is typically uh, you find out about the next thing after you've done the first thing they recommended, which if you'd known the second thing in the first place, you could have made better decisions. So it's it's just... Literally, literally, I had to widen the driveway that I didn't want. <laughs> we, we said, okay, how wide does the driveway have to be? X. Okay, so we build it X wide, and then they come back and fail us because it's not wide enough. Yeah, that's very frustrating. I understand. And, and, and the interesting thing is that when you ask them how they're doing, well, we, we all do Six Sigma stuff. We're just fantastic. <laughs> the, oh, 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 another quick one. They came back to us. I, I, you know, I wanted to plant the house as close to the water as possible. Yeah. They kept pushing us back. We couldn't understand why. Then we finally give up and plant the house back where they tell us. Then we start building the deck out, which they made us build. And they kept pushing us back on that. Finally, I, my contractor was going to quit the job. I got involved, and they said, well, we have this plat from 58 that says there's a line four feet from the seawall, and you don't own that four feet. Uh. And I'm like, if I don't own it, who does? And there's this long silence, and they went, well, no one. I said, well, then no one owes me three grand because I reinforced no one's seawall while I was down here. And so after a month of having the title company chase lawyer chase them around, they finally made the line go away. And that's, of course, after I've already put the house where they told me to rather than where I wanted to. And then they immediately up my property taxes because I own more land. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Seton. <laughs> but that is that, that, I think, demonstrates the importance of having effective and less government, not more government. One thing I'll say here in Florida, we have the fewest number of employees, uh, state employees, in Florida, of any state in the union, per thousand residents. So uh, we do have less government here in Florida. We all work in Collier County housing. <laughs> okay. So, see, I want to want to get your comments on what's happening in uh, in uh, uh, China and the China virus thing. Yes. So obviously, the China, the Hong Kong thing is they're they're pushing. You know, we cut a deal that, uh, back in '97. Britain leaves and says. Uh, we'll leave it to you if you keep it autonomous. Well, that's been a sticking point for them for years. And now with the economic pressure on them, they see this golden goose offshore and they want to bring it in and steal all the money. They're going to kill the golden goose, of course, because that's the point of the, that's the moral of the story is if you keep, if you keep strangling it, eventually it's going to die. That's right. And they just want to believe they, they need, they need money. And they see Hong Kong sitting there, and they want to bleed it off as much as possible, as long as possible, to just, you know, stab off the inevitable until they get to where they're eating whatever the uh, Chinese version of flamingos are. So uh, what's, what's going to happen is, is it's very sad because uh, I'm sure businesses are fleeing Hong Kong like crazy. And number one, I hope so. Yeah, and, and number two, there's going to be a... No, I'm sorry, China. I thought you said China. I'm sorry. No, Hong Kong, no. But yes, they are going to... Yes, it's... it's it's like it's like California on steroids. They're moving. They're, they're going to move anywhere to get out from under China. That's yeah. right. And number one, number two, U.S. is going to start imposing tariffs on Hong Kong, just like they do on China. And you, to, to your point, you know, Hong Kong is one of the most vibrant economies in the world. It was up until 1999, and slowly but surely, we're seeing it uh, become part of communist China. It's going to destroy the golden goose, as you're pointing out. Yeah, no, it, and, and again, that's only going to accelerate now because China needs money desperately. Um, you know, they, they're making all these grandiose, you know, they were taking over Australia while we weren't looking much faster than they were taking over us. Because, of course, it's, it's much closer uh, geographically. But um, they make this grandiose thing about how they're not going to buy X, Y, and Z from Australia anymore as punishment. And I'm like, you don't have the money to buy that. What are you talking yeah. about? It's well, it's like it's like me saying I'm I'm not going to buy any more Rolls Royces. Well, <laughs> you don't have the money for Rolls Royces, you idiot. Yeah. So the, this is uh, 
I mean, the other part of this is the human rights aspect of this and uh, what they're doing to the uh, people in Hong Kong, what they're doing to their own people, quite frankly, is so draconian. Uh, and uh, the yeah. human rights aspect of this thing, it's just really miserable. Well, you know, b- b- because uh, co- collectivism, whether you want to call it communism or socialism or Nazism or whatever, the, the collective mindset is antithetical to human nature. The um, so you end up, br- you know, breaking people on the anvil as you try to reshape them um, and remake them. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's what happened in the 20th century. They broke 100 million people over the anvil as they tried to uh, remake them in their image. And so, and, what, you know, it, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. What's happening here, of course, in the United States, we're seeing governors who are <laughs> trying to take power. Uh, uh, Gretchen Whit- Whitmer is the great example of what's going on right now. Also, the... Uh, it's yeah. it's just so sad. I mean, it, it, there's kind of parallel tracks. If we don't keep these people bound to the Constitution and keep us free, we're going to end up with leaders that end up uh, just ignoring the constitutional rule of law and start imposing the types of draconian measures that they've uh, already used to do uh, during this this pandemic. Give them an inch and they'll take a mile. There's a great there's a gr- look up on YouTube George Carlin Germ. And it's about a seven-minute segment, and it starts out with him saying, and this is, of course, years ago, because Carlin's been dead yeah. for years, and the video starts with him saying, they're going to shut you down for as, in the name of health for as long as they can until you make them stop, which means for as long as they want, because you won't make them stop. Uh. It sounds like he's describing today, and, and he said it 20 years ago, 10 years ago, I don't know how long ago it was, but yeah. it was, you know... He's been dead for seven or eight or ten years. Well, he, he so was... It's, he, it's really prophetic. He was uh, a genius, and it is prophetic yeah. indeed. So, uh, again, is it it's George Carlin Health? And just, 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 just search germs. Because he ends up talking about germs and how we're afraid... Of, I mean, it's amazing. He's talking about germs and how we're over-scrubbed and over-washed and over-protected. And he said, when I grew up in, the, in New York in the 40s, we swam in the Hudson River with open raw sewage. You know what it did? It built my immune system. That's right. So when, no, nobody in my neighborhood got polio because we've been sw- we've been steeled by raw sewage. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so see, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing how much of it pertains to today. Yeah, uh, look up lessgovernment.org. Go to lessgovernment.org. I got to look for that uh, for that George Carlin piece. I think it's he is amazing. absolutely you a genius. My Facebook page I posted last night. Okay, again, lessgovernment.org. Uh, Seton, I genuinely appreciate your commentary. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com 
Tom to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to do a little shout out to our advertisers who stayed with us for years. I genuinely appreciate the support and I hope you will patronize the businesses that support the Bob Harden Show because uh, they've been so supportive through the years. Couldn't do the show without support. So uh, again, uh, BobHarden.com is the website. And uh, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening to the show. Right now we have with us uh, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, I always enjoy joining you with our whatever our conversation is going to be chosen for the day, yeah, right? That's exactly right. I always look forward to Thursday morning. And, Bill, to my, it looks to me like things are picking up in Naples. It looks like uh, it's getting, I'm not going to say business as usual, but traffic's improving. And, of course, this is a time when you expect the snowbirds to be going away. But it uh, looks like uh, economic activity is really picking up as well. Yeah, I've noticed that, and certainly the traffic, um, no, no doubt about it. Um, and I think, you know, um, we can get the restaurants cranked up, Bob. I, I, um, I have uh, good hopes. I, I've noticed um, uh, that, that as speaking of the restaurants, that they a lot of them are doing some business. Um, I'm hoping the governor within the next week or two will, will open everything up because it seems like, seems like a lot of states are just, I mean, you know, you and I talked about from the beginning the social distancing and do this and do that. And boy, some of the news media, I'm sure you've seen some of the pictures and the videos of uh, the Memorial Day parties they had out there at the Lake of the Ozarks. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> Must have had 4,000 people there, you know, body to body. So, uh, Bill, I've, I've uh, read that uh, wearing a mask is not good for you, not healthy. So, um, our personal decision, we're just not going to put on masks. But the, the other thing that's going on is this kind of mask shaming, or if you're not abiding by all the rules and the social distancing, you know, you get the evil eye from people like they're going to go report you or something like that. Well, well i got to tell you, I was in, um, I was in uh, well, both wins and Publix yesterday for various items, but... Um, and I, I noticed uh, in Publix there were a lot of people that did not have the masks on. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing it more. I seem to be noticing it more and more. Um, they just don't wear them for whatever reasons. And I, you know, and again, I think that, that basically people are, um, as everybody has said, they're just, they're willing to take their chances, I guess. And I might not be good for the rest of us, but... Um, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I wear the mask when I go into, like, the supermarket, mm-hmm. uh, although there are times when I think, you know, I'm not doing this, but as soon as I get out, I, I take it off. Sure. Um, and, I, you know, I think I'm getting to that point as well Yeah. where I'm just not going to not gonna wear it. But, um, you know, I just think people are ready to, 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 to get out and go back to work and whatever. Um, and make their own and, decisions, uh, Bill. I mean, people can decide if, yeah. if, if I've got a, a compromised immune system, I'm going to lay low, just not participate in the economy, but others, uh, they, we need right. to get back to work. Right, exactly. So, you know, um, and I know, you know, the president certainly is pushing it, no doubt about it. Yeah, we need so, to. So, you know, yeah, yeah I, got a, I got a council story for you. Okay. So, um, years ago, we... Uh, we went to electronics. Uh, we were the, the the police department used to bring our city council packet to our homes. Okay, the night before or when the agenda came out, mm-hmm. huge, huge packets of paper, three, four hundred pages. Okay, and it took a lot of work. And so when computers came in and and iPads and everything about, oh, I know the mayor, uh, Ms. Heidman, was on council then, and she she fought mightily against going electronic. Even though it was explained, we would save a ton of money, uh, save the environment, do everything that was that, that would work, okay? Mm-hmm. And you could get everything electronically, all the agenda items and everything else. Make a long story short. So now she came up with the idea that she wants a paper packet. She doesn't. She won't use the electronic. And so um, she 
she's trying to get the rest of council to go along with that and go back, set the clock back 10 years at least, okay? And, uh, and, and every reason that's been explained, like, listen, th- th- you know, it costs a lot of money and a lot of time to go back to paper. Why would you want to do that? Well, the simple reason is she never quite figured out how to, how to use it. And so I just thought it was like, and Gary Price, bless him, uh, just really, really balked. And he just said, look, you know, we, we're, we've been past this for years and years and years. Um, and it's like saying to you, Bob, you can't use your computer anymore or, or uh, whatever. You have to just go buy, buy books or buy paper. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, it, so, uh, uh, go ahead, Bill. I'm sorry I interrupted no, no, I was going to say, it's just kind of annoying to, to watch that. Well, the other thing is, I mean, it seems to me that as opposed to fighting progress <laughs> and going back 20 years, yes. why not get a tutorial or an instructor to help you understand how to use the Internet? I mean, there's so many things that I don't know. Right. Uh, and, uh, me too. I, I would love to learn a lot more than I know right now. I just don't take the time to do it. But yeah, she's impeding the progress of uh, government. It seems to me she can take the time to learn how to at least well, understand the, the papers that she or the material she's re- receiving. Exactly. I mean, it is not, believe me, it is not complicated. Uh, and there's no need to have uh, a packet, you know, uh, eight inches thick in front of you to thumb through to look through these things. And it costs the staff a ton of time to do this. Absolutely. Then if you're a member of the public and you want something, if they went back that way, you, you couldn't just dial in on your, you know, your iPad and have it sent to you. Yeah. Or you couldn't look it up on our city website. But anyway, I just thought that was, I thought it was annoying and amusing um, that, you know, in these days that you would try and do that. But Anyway, they, they are making some progress down there. I'll give them a heads up. I'll give them a thumbs up for that. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, changing the topic slightly, uh, financial markets are up substantially. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Oh, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think anybody anybody who was in the market, uh, especially a couple of months ago, I mean, if you're in there for the long run, which a lot of us are, yeah. you know, with, with pensions, I mean, with 401ks and pensions and not that the city gave me one of those, Bob. I don't want to get anybody misled by that. I never had one of those. But the thing is, if you're in the market with your, that's how your 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 retirement and everything else is there. You were feeling pretty pretty green a little while ago, but it looks like it's coming back, and I think it's going to even get better. Yeah, I'm I, a I I agree. Prognosticator. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know this: that uh, even if you got out before this thing. Uh, happened. How did you know when to get in? Would, I guess the market's up over a right. thousand points since uh, the twenty sixth of May, uh, and it's right. it's uh, futures are up right now, up about one hundred and fifty. So it's gonna. It looks like it could be another good day in the market. My point is this: I mean, you need to stay in in the long run because who can predict if you get, when to get out or when to get back in? It's just an impossible task. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it is, and you have to be some kind of a guesser. And you know what, Bob? I, I know we're running out of time, but I, I would I would say to you, how about the people that are a lot smarter than we are that that sold short and did all those things? I don't, I'm not a, a guru at that, but yeah. that had the idea that, listen, this was going to go really bad, and, and I guess you, you, know, you can sell everything short, and they must have made a ton. Well, they may have, but, you know, if they're short right now, they're losing their shirts. <laughs> well, okay, but that's, that's what you just said, though. But you got to know, I guess, when did you run it first time, and then you get out or you do whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But and I'm not getting in that game. But anyway. No, you know, I just, uh, <laughs> you know, you could tell those guys by the holes in their shoes. They just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, or the nice suits they wear. You never know, right? <laughs> that's right. Bill Barnett, again, former mayor of Naples. I genuinely appreciate your friendship and your commentary here. In the show. Thanks so much for joining well, us. Well, ditto, Bob. Have a great day. If you're playing golf, hit them straight. Oh, See man, you. I'll try. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you know, if you did enjoy it, uh, let let somebody know. I mean, uh, spread the word about the Bob Harden Show. You can listen to it at any time during the day. Of course, you're listening live right now if you're listening to me, but uh, the show is posted on uh, four different podcast platforms as well as on my website by 8.30 in the morning, so uh, people can enjoy it. I've heard people tell me they listen to it after dinner or on their way across Alligator Alley. Uh, you can choose any time you want to. So, again, bobharden.com. Send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com as well. Love to have your comments, and they've been coming in a lot lately, and love to hear from you. Tomorrow... 
We have great guests for the show, uh, including William Yatman, the uh, research fellow at the Cato Institute, Brad Palumbo, who is with the Washington writer with the Washington Examiner, uh, Buzz Victor, local activist, uh, uh, citizen activist, as well as Dave Beagle will be joining us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com. <laughs>